Welcome to the Spurs News Podcast, your home for all things Tottenham Hotspur. Now, here are your hosts. Hello everybody and welcome to the Spurs News Podcast, the final Spurs News Podcast of 2022. I am Sam, joining me to discuss all things Tottenham Hotspur. Now we're back, it's Matt. Hey mate, you are. It's been an interesting year, hasn't it? Yeah, it's, it's been a bit bonkers, really. Yeah, but but we're getting there. We're getting we're, there. We're getting there. We're, we're sort of... It, it's a weird season. The World Cup's done. It feels like that sort of happened and blinked and gone um yeah but we're, we're here we're back it's it's tottenham again and when it's tottenham again that apparently nowadays means going two nil down i I'm, i don't know I, I can't quite wrap my head around it yeah that's funny and you kind of encapsulated it with talking about the world cup as well because normally when players have a break for example when they have their uh break in the summer yeah you come back and Things are different. I mean, yeah. unless you're Man City, where you just destroy teams. They're even more now. Yeah, I think I Seb told me that Haaland's got 20 goals now, and it's not even January. It's yeah, insane. yeah, he's, 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 in, he's walking it. Yeah. Oh, it's insane. But anyway, you, you kind of think maybe things would be a bit different, but nope, <laughs> exactly the same as before the last game of the World Cup. <laughs> I know. I know. Exactly it's, the it's, same. But like second half FC. <laughs> I just, it's it's weird, and I'm like trying to like before I was trying to put it together in my head. I was like trying to work it out. I was thinking, perhaps they got some sort of game plan that they want to play, and it's just not quite working. And but they're thinking, get to the World Cup, you know, stay, you know, if we're top four, still in the Champions League, you know, that's tick, and then we go again. So I, I guess in my brain, I was kind of like after the World Cup. This is it now, you know. This this is going to be the real us. Yeah. <laughs> maybe maybe Sam, maybe the game plan, game plan is that. Maybe the game plan is to like look, lull them into a full sense of security in the first half, let them score a couple of goals, <laughs> and then just go at them second half and hopefully beat them. Because we nearly it's, did. We nearly yeah, we nearly well, did win at the weekend. We, we that nearly Edward did. And Chris um, the crossbar. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's. <laughs> I just don't know what. To it's say. not good for us. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm trying, I'm, I'm sort of, uh, we in general on here are always very positive. And we in general on here always try and go, do you know what, you know, this is where we are, but at least, at least, you know, this. And we are fourth. But I, I kind of like looking at it. And I don't know about you, like the back end of last season, in that run-in we had, we weren't just picking up wins. We were actually playing pretty decent football. It was like good to watch. Um... And I kind of looked at that and thought, ah, you know, this is this is where Conte is taking us. This is the the way he wants us to play, and you know, it's clicking here, and we're scoring goals for fun. You know, Sonny got the golden boot, and you kind I kind of looked at it, all of that and thought, you know, taking that into the next season, that's that's going to be something special. I looked at the business we did in the transfer market and thought, brilliant, we're we're stronger. This is going to be really good. So I kind of went into this season with an expectation higher than possibly possibly than it should have been. Um, but I don't know about you, mate, but this is some pretty dire watching. Um, like I, I'm finding it very difficult to, to sit back and enjoy us play football this season. 
Yeah, I, I mean, I'm not going to lie, I've struggled as well. Like, second half, so I've loved the second yeah. half. I'm, I'm, I actually said to Seb, like, maybe we can see if we can just get a season ticket for the second half next season. Well, I, I just turn way, off the yeah. second half. But um, you're right, the first halves have been especially a struggle to yeah. watch, a real struggle. Um and it, and, and it, it's frustrating. Uh, but then I, I think, look, you know, I think back to, only, only got to remind yourself a few years ago when we was playing under Mourinho, when we was all watching it on telly. Mm. And God, that was just another level of a struggle, wasn't it? And I, I'm, not, yeah. I'm not trying to make excuses. I'm not trying to go, oh, that was bad, so we should accept this. And I know what you mean. Like, you know, at the end of last season, we were flying. Mm. Uh, it's weird. I mean, I, a key factor for me, I think is Sonny, who just seems to have got that golden boot and just switched off. Yeah. It's, it's just not the... Pl- it's not the... Pl- I don't know what it is. It, it's, no. it's form. It's really strong. But then, do you know what? And I think you might have even mentioned this. Sonny does go through patches where he really struggles, he does. doesn't he? yeah. This and he's is, just going through one of these patches. This, this is the moment. longest one. I think this is reminiscent of his first season at Tottenham. Mm. Um, his first season at Tottenham, he really struggled. He picked up a few goals. Every now and again, you'd see glimpses. But just it's like a confidence player where... When he doesn't have that same belief, which he clearly did last season, nothing seems to work. Like last season, Sonny, there were certain points in a game where he'd pick the ball up and he'd switch it onto his foot and you'd be like, that's going to curl into the top corner. And he did it. And other than a goalkeeper pulling off a worldie, it was a goal. Yeah. This season, I'm watching him pick the ball up and shift it and I think to myself, well... That's just gonna dribble on the floor, and that you know, I've got, I have got zero confidence he's gonna hit it. Clearly, that's him as well. You know, clearly he feels that way because, I mean, I watched the game of Brentford. He pulled one onto his left foot last season. He scores that last season. That is bottom corner, pick that out. This season, no, it just dribbles along the floor. The keeper picks it up easily. So, I, I'm uh, Sonny's just yeah, it's a great example, really, mate. But. You look at the players that are there, and yeah, he's he's bang out of form. But um, Kulisevsky, of course, has been injured for for a lot. Um, Richarlison, unfortunately, has you know shown great energy for us, but has been injured quite a lot. Um, Romero, Sonny, Sonny himself, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, the QT Romero thing, of course, is just a whole other debate. How how do you feel about that? Because we're just gonna. This show's just going to work organically this week. How do you feel about the QT Romero thing? What about him? Is he was he injured before, or is it was he not? Well, I mean, if I, if I run through the kind of bullet points, so um, Argentinian FA requested to all the English clubs that their players be rested for the final. Uh, I can't remember how many games, five games of the Premier League season, and that was denied by the Premier League and all the clubs. A number, if not all, of those players in the Argentina squad player in England all then had an injury and missed those games that the FA requested they miss. <laughs> now, yeah, okay, so you can kind of look at that with a bit of a kind of side eye, like, mm, alright. Uh, QT had what was called muscle fatigue injury. Now, uh, I'm not going to get all sports science but this is in essence an injury which is like preemptive. So this is a sort of thing that a physio turn to the coach and say, hey, he's kind of redlining it. You know, if if you play him, there is a chance he's going to tear, pull something. So from a player's point of view with the World Cup coming up, you can kind of understand why you'd be really hesitant. And then also you can understand from a coach's point of view of, 
I can't play him because he's going to be second-guessing himself. He, he isn't going to put that sprint in because he's panicking. So it, it, you can kind of rationalise all of that and, and the thinking behind all that. And then he goes to the World Cup. His first game is shocking at the World Cup to the point he's hooked off because of how poor he is. He, but then again, he hasn't played for weeks. He then does play back-to-back games and the guy's immense. He he, made, he plays a massive part in Argentina winning the World Cup. During that, he has also filmed, along with the rest of his first team squad, singing a song about, you know, F the English, we remember the Falklands. He plays in England, lives in England, possibly not the brightest moment for him, and a number of players in that squad who live in England and play in England. But at the same time that that's happened, it's done. He then puts out countless tweets about, you know, how much he loves Argentina being Argentina, and that's all fine. I mean, how he just won the World Cup for his country. He The club have then put out what I described as a little PR video of him thanking Tottenham fans for all the messages of support and how he's dedicating his winner's medal to Tottenham fans and he'll be back soon. And I kind of looked at it after, well, that's, I mean, that's a smart thing to do, considering everything else that's come out. Yeah. Um, I, I said in our little group chat, for me, I, I'm a little bit pissed at the the way he went about things. You know, you watch Richarlison, Kane, who were all playing massive parts of the World Cup for their country. They fought to the last game for, for Spurs before the World Cup, they gave everything, Ben Davis, Ben Davis for Wales, that's a once in a lifetime opportunity to go to a World Cup, that guy didn't pull out of anything, you know, that's dedication and that's, that's the kind of thing you want to see, now, when it comes to, you know, what, what happens next, I don't know, I don't know how I feel about it, because I'm, I'm, I'm annoyed, I can be a little bit understanding, of you know the World Cup and the opportunity that that he had, but then at the same time I'm kind of like, this is <laughs> this is really aggravated me. He needs to come back and play at a level now. For me personally, he needs to come back, be hit the ground running, be very very good, and then all of this is forgotten for me. But if he comes back and there's some. I've won the World Cup, Uh, I'm done, you know, I'm going to go into cruise control. For me, regardless of how potentially great he is, I'm I'm pissed enough that I'd say jog on, but that's that's just me. Uh, But what what about you? I mean, that's that's like the bullet points. What what, what do you think? Yeah, look, it's difficult. Look, we're not neither of us are professional football players, but I get how much it means to play for your country. Yeah, I'm, I'm like you say, Ben Davis, even to the last game, and Richarlison, Kane, they were still, um, they were still playing. It's, it's yeah. really difficult. I, I get it. I, I do get it. Whether it's like you know, from we're we're talking it as, as Spurs fans, and definitely not Argentina fans. So yeah, yeah. we're looking at it from that point of view. I mean, the, the the singing thing, I just I just just laugh at that. I, I think it, you know it's. It's what I mean. They started the war, didn't they? So I mean, yeah. I don't know why they got the ump. They started. Yeah. I mean, no, like, well, yeah, with, they, they, with, they seem to think that they belong to them, but they yeah. in their own song they call them the Falklands. So no, of course. Like... And yeah, I mean, it's, <clears throat> I'm. 
I'll, I'll, that one, I, I mean, I'll just briefly talk about it. I don't even, I think that we should, I mean, it's, it's closer, a lot closer to them than it is to us. But anyway, right, we're just, that's, I'm not bothered about that. But I, I think it's his, it's his personality. I mean, it's, it's just Mr. Shithousery, isn't it? That's who he mm. is. Right? Yeah. And that's his style. And, and, and it's brilliant when, <clears throat> when you're on, when you're on his side. Yeah. So as Argentina fans, you're gonna love it, and yeah. yeah. But I, I, like, I think you, like you say, if he comes back and he's got to show that he's Mr. Tottenham now, you know, he's won that World Cup. Now he's back yeah. to being I'm a, I'm a Tottenham player, you know. And I, I, he can be as shit as he likes mm. to everyone else, I'm, and I'll laugh at it. But I, I just, it's yeah, it's not a comforting thinking. It's not a comfortable feeling being on the other end of it. But then that's that's him, isn't it? He's a wind-up merchant. Do you think as well that we as fans, Argentina as well, we've had a little bit of a rough experience, like with Lo for example. He basically was injured for Tottenham for a whole season, but made every international for Argentina during that mm, time. Yeah. Do you feel that that's a little bit like, perhaps the fans are a little bit already pissed <laughs> about yeah. that kind of situation I, I think I think Romero's going to get away with it a lot more though because he's, he's about a thousand times a player as Lo Celso is yeah. so that makes well, sense and, yeah. it, and it's and it's like you know it's, it's what it is isn't it I mean it's it's very um, what's the word I'm looking for you know it's not very um, you, you know it's just it's just how people think isn't it yeah. unfortunately yeah you know yeah, no, you're probably right, and then, and as I said, if he comes back and he's playing very, very well, then I know me, I know I just get parked and shelved and forgotten yep. about. Yeah, me too. Um, so you know, and that's and I guess that's what the club are thinking as well. Yeah. You know, because they they wouldn't have been happy with that situation. They look at social media every time they posted anything about him. Every other comment is, "Oh, so glad your injury cleared up for you to play at the World Cup." You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and most of those are me. So <laughs> yeah, no, I like like genuinely. I I I'm. He's a player that I like the signing. He's very aggressive, very in your face. Um, as you put it, he is literally walked in and taken Lamella's shit house crown. Um, <laughs> and some, and, like, <clears throat> and, and some, and and Lamella's almost looking on like, damn, I could have done more. Um, so, yeah, I mean, he's not quite stood on Fabregas while smiling at him yet, or called Jack Wilshire a pussy. I mean, he needs to get to that point. I mean, for 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 you to be fully the king of shithousery, you need to reach that level, I think. But you know, he's got time. Yeah, <laughs> he's got time on his deal with us. He's uh, plenty of games against these sides to come where he can, you know, stick one on someone, get the impression, you know, Saka probably like wallop and then stamp on him. Like, oh no, were you on the floor? Um, yeah. So yeah, we'll we'll see. We'll see what comes of it. Did you, did you, well, actually, this is a perfect segue, talking about the fact that every time anyone posts anything about him, you get the comments about being injured or feigning injury. You want to talk about uh, any time Harry Kane gets posted about at the moment, because following our draw with Brentford, uh, Kane, once again, you know, setting records, uh, he not only has now scored against every team, He's faced in the Premier League, which is a Premier League record, and the Premier League official Twitter account like launched that. We're like delighted for him. 
Uh, he's also, um, with that goal, means he scored the most ever goals in the Premier League competition history on Boxing Day. He loves a Boxing Day fixture, does Harry Kane. Um, he does. So, all that being said, there was a couple of posts on our Facebook page praising him. Uh, this is a Tottenham page for Tottenham fans. Uh, and I basically avoided the comments because I knew what they'd be like. However, you did take a look. I took a delve in. Jesus, yeah. Jesus. Um, I, I just can't get my head around the short-sightedness of, of fans. Yeah. Look, it, look he, he, missed that, he missed that penalty, okay? Yeah. Now... Yeah. What people, what like the people will focus on that, okay? Because yeah. we was all hoping it going. They they forgot completely. Like, so many fans have forgotten. He put the first one away, yeah. but he missed that one. But there all kinds of things happen in the game. Maybe Pickford could have saved the saved the goal. You know, mm. you know, there's all different aspects of it. But this yeah. guy is getting all the hate. And do you know what? I just thought I I um mate, it was painful experience. But I thought I'd get, I'd get the top five worst mm. comments. Okay. In this, so these are these are the combination of those two posts. So the one that where yeah, he's now yeah, become yeah. the highest ever goal scorer, like you say, on Box Day with ten, beating Robbie Fowler, which is you know that yeah. guy was a goal machine, and yes, now he's he scored was. against every single Premier League team he's faced, which is insane, isn't it? Yeah. Absolutely insane. Yeah. Right. So okay. So my, my my fifth top comment. Okay, here we are. Not interested. He let England down. There we go. That's that's a lovely short-sighted view, isn't it? You know. Yeah. Not interested. He let England down. There we go. Not interested. Not interested in those stats. There, Number there's, four. There's, sorry, on, there's two aspects go of that. I find go on, mate. Go on. Let's one, dissect these. Go one on. not interested, yeah. and yet you felt the need to comment. <laughs> that that one always gets me. Like you know, I'm walking through a shopping centre and there's a woman's lingerie store. It's not for me, but what I want to do is stand in there and shout at everyone that I'm not interested in yeah. buying anything. Why is this shop here? I don't wear yeah. women's underwear. Exactly. I don't. You know. I don't need any of this except for that one occasional Tuesday. Yeah. yeah. You won't so go this way. It's ridiculous. Yeah. That's Samantha. She. She. Yeah. She, she's That's a for a different kid. show. That's for a different it's show. A very, very different show. So the not interested thing. So straight away, that always makes me roll my eyes. Like, oh, whatever. Someone. Yeah. Someone needs a blowjob. Um. The second part of that is he let England down. Fuck off! No, he didn't. Like, exactly. Like how? How can you even say that? How? Like the the definition of letting someone down for me in in a sporting context is not having the balls to step up to do it. Right? Yeah. There are a couple of occasions in that World Cup where there is a player. Uh, do you know what? Uh, screw it. I'm going to say it. Neymar is a very me. real thing that Neymar for mm-hmm. Brazil didn't want to take the first penalty in a shootout. He wanted to have the glory. So Neymar wouldn't step up to take the first. He wanted to take the fifth. That led to them missing the first few penalties. And Neymar never even got to take it. They were out. Now, don't get me wrong. In his head, he probably thought, "Eh, we're we're Brazil. We can all take penalties. It's great. We're going to be fine. I get the glory. But that is letting your last. That's letting everybody down. You should have gone. Give me the ball. First penalty. Bang. We've got our first goal. Mm-hmm. I'm the man here. I'm the boy. I'm the top guy. Give me the ball. Harry Kane was up against Hugo Lloris, a goalkeeper he trains with constantly. If there is any goalkeeper on the planet who would be able to get in Harry's head at a penalty, it's Hugo Lloris. Hmm. Not because Hugo's going to give him verbals, but because he'll probably just go, good luck, mate, which is enough to get him 
thinking, you know, there yeah. was no one on the planet would have been in his head more. And not only did he step up the first time and bury it, he had the balls to then the second one to step up again. He hadn't let anybody down. No. Not anyone. Anyway, sorry. Do you know that what? Before was, I do that number, was only, four, that was only the first comment. That's that's right. Let's, I like I like let's dissect them. But before we, yeah. I move on to number four. Uh, you know, you were saying about you know people complaining, saying they're not interested. Yeah. I love that the post you did recently of Beth England. Uh, oh possibly. my god! Right. Yeah. And the, the, and it, and it, do you know what I love as well? It's like not Who only do, do people tell us they're not interested, but they put yeah. it in caps. Caps, oh, you know, yeah, capital they letters, really yeah. have to tell us they're not interested. Yeah, yeah. Was, <laughs> um, my favourite one on that post. So, so Tottenham women have made a really big signing. It's actually broken the the British women's transfer record. Two hundred fifty thousand. We've signed Beth England from Chelsea Women. Um, she'll be joining when the window opens. It's it's a great signing for Tottenham women. It really is a show of ambition, and the the response. One, my favourite one was waste of money. <laughs> so, so I, and I thought to myself, I thought, do you know what? I might have to comment on this one just to be like, are you actually someone who's gone, she's not worth that, we should be spending, you know, is this actually analysis here of women's football? Or is this just you don't think a woman's footballer could be worth a quarter of a million pounds? And then I've, I've noticed a few a few people commenting on it. It's just like, no, no, they should be saving the money for the men's game. This is ridiculous. You know, this is just, uh, what was it? Um, they're just writing that, writing off money here for tax. Oh, oh my god, mate, what are you doing? Just this is ridiculous. Like the women's the women's Euros clearly passed this guy by, let alone anything else. But yeah, that that it was like I looked at, it, I thought that's great, that's a really good sign. And I wrote the post and I put it up and I thought, I really hope the response to this is one of. Oh, that's good. Uh, you know, because to me, I thought there's going to be a lot of people who'd be like, "Oh, it's great they're showing ambition." I wish the men's team would do the same. And I'd actually go, "Okay, that's fair enough. Yeah, that's that's yeah, an okay comment. Yeah, that's, yeah. you know, that's that's a fair comment." But to show ambition in the women's game, you're, you're spending two hundred fifty grand to show it in the men's game. You're you're throwing a hundred million at something. Oh, of course, yeah, absolutely. But yeah. So anyway, sorry, mate. Move on. Move on to four. Right, number four of the five most ridiculous comments made to two great Harry Kane posts. Okay, not any good under proper pressure. Oh. There we go. <laughs> so it's not under, under proper pressure. Under you proper know? pressure. I love how I love how everyone's an expert on that. Yeah. I love how you know it's kind of like oh yeah, well that's pressure. This is like real pressure. This proper is proper pressure. pressure. <laughs> Like, because at no point in Harry's career is he ever had to take a penalty when it's like proper pressure. No one, no one remembers that time where we got given two penalties in the dying minutes against Liverpool, and one got missed, and then he had to step up again because we won another one, and he buried it in front of the cop. In front of the cop, with everyone baying for blood because Lamella. Um, won the penalty for yeah, us. I'm one. doing air quotes here. Lamella, um, Lamella won that penalty somehow um, <laughs> by being a big shit house. Um, oh no! Look, he savagely booted me in the leg. Lamella, you put your leg there and called him a name, didn't you? Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. Um, but he had to do that, and it's like, but that's that's not proper pressure because that's just the dying minutes of a massive Premier League game when you're fighting for points. After you've just missed, that's not pressure clearly. So this person's reflecting the fact that when it comes down to England, he doesn't do it in the big moments. 
again, this is bullshit. You go back to the Euros. You had a penalty against Denmark. You you telling me to take us through to that final isn't pressure? Mm. There's there's no pressure involved in That's that. That's not you, proper you think, pressure, Sam. Yeah. I see. Proper pressure <laughs> is in a World Cup when there's still 15 minutes to go plus stoppage time. It's a nonsense. It is an absolute nonsense. Um, but unfortunately, everyone's got an opinion. But, as I've said before, opinions are like assholes. We've all got them and some are just full of shit. <laughs> Continue, Matt. Number three. Number three, okay. You ready? <laughs> Yeah. Wow, he deserves a blue Peter badge. He is a two blue records. Peter badge. So, so, Harry, so, Harry Kane has a gold blue Peter badge, which they gave it to him for stuff he did. I can't remember, but when my daughter was little, I remember watching the episode when it happened. Yeah, but did you do you think like um so he so these these two posts were him scoring against all mm. thirty two Premier League teams he's, yeah. he's played, scoring against every single one. You know, yeah. your Man United, Chelsea's, like Liverpool's, mm. like, you know, these big clubs. He's and done, you know, you can only score against what's in front of you, and he's done that to everybody. Every yeah. single team, yeah. yeah. And he's beaten Robbie Fowler to score the most amount of goals in on Boxing Day. Yeah. And it's all, he, all he deserves for that is a Blue Peter badge. Yeah, no, no, no recognition, no well done. He just yeah. deserves some trivial joke. The thing is, is kind of funny as well. Do you think that people have kind of forgotten what life was like before Harry Kane. Yeah. Do you think that we have a fan base of people who seem to think that every club has a striker come through the academy that is world class? Yeah. Because absolutely. I remember the season he broke into the first team, like like properly. The the season where he started scoring goals in the Europa League to the point that dickhead Sherwood had no point, no choice but to actually put him on the pitch. And he was scoring like fun. And we were making all those jokes about the, the hurricane, hurricane sort of things. And we were all just joking around because no one thought it was going to last. We were so poor and we were all just like, oh, you know, here comes this kid, he's scoring goals. This won't last, you know. Pochettino took over and he scored that free kick against Villa, and it was it was all banter. It was all like over the top, kind of like, oh well, we're never going to lose. And then all of a sudden, it was like he keeps bloody scoring. Mm. <laughs> Hang on a minute, this is this is like semi serious now. He's obviously oh he's done it again. Yeah. He's actually pretty good. Yeah. God, this this kid just scored a header against Arsenal. That was on another level. He's just scored a volley. He's just scored from thirty five yards against Chelsea. It suddenly became holy crap. We're on. To, we we've got something here which is unbelievable, and I do think that people are just spoiled. They've just not they they've settled into this. I mean, I don't know any other strikers of his ability that can pass the way he does, the way he tracks back, chases people down. I, I genuinely think that only once he's playing at another club will Tottenham fans, a lot of Tottenham fans, I'm not saying all, a lot of Tottenham fans who are on our page, it would seem, will finally realise just how bloody good he is. Yeah. Do, do you know, do you know what, look, I agree with you that that, that that is a big part of it. And it's just that short-sightedness that, that mm. uh, fans have. And, get, and before I give you the top, my top two, a mm. good example of short-sightedness is that um, I think about on the same day, uh, our, our page posted 
obviously you yourself posted, but our page uh, posted about um, Kulusevski winning Swedish yeah, Player of the yeah, Year. Yeah. Uh, and you look at those comments, and honestly, the most offensive thing you can find is someone calling him Ginger. I'll, get, like, I'll give you some quotes yeah. from it. Well-deserved, Kulu, my man, outstanding player, what a player. Uh, just honestly, you can't you can't see anything that's that's no. even slightly detrimental about apart from trying to make a comment about his hair colour. But I think even that was meant yeah. in like a in 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 a sort of a, a kindness, you know. Yeah. And it's it's unreal. Like, no, don't get me wrong. Like Kulusevski, I love him. I love the guy. But how yeah, can you how can you yeah. post some like how can you post two things that that they're really? I mean, him getting player of the year. Yeah. It's it's just a, it's Swedish, a stat. It's, it's Swedish a, it, player a year. Yeah, Swedish player. Yeah, it's, it's it's just another stat praising our players. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but, yeah. but it's just it's unreal the difference in comments. Anyway, right, limit like the top two. I couldn't decide which one to put second, which one to put first. All right, go on and because they're both ridiculous. Both. Right, let's go with number two. Okay, that's the last bit you got focus on that really makes me laugh at this comment. Right, okay. Go for it. Couldn't score when it mattered. Right, ready. Mm-hmm. Shit overrated record breaker. He's a shit overrated record breaker. Now, yeah. correct me if I'm wrong, but that, that feels very much like an oxymoron. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think drop the oxy and ask the commander. Yeah. Um, I, I, I mean, that's, that's good, isn't it? That's, that's kind of... This brings me back to that. This person is one of those people that buys into the trophy narrative of you. you're only good if you've won trophies even though you're an individual player you're only good if the team you've played for have won trophies and i i apologize if people listening have heard me talk about this before and i and i know that possibly you're already the mouth the words with me but the biggest example of that being bullshit i can give is the manchester united player called wes brown Wes Brown was a jobbing defender at Manchester United who came through their academy. Now, if he came through the academy at any other side in the Premier League, he wouldn't have made it. He wouldn't have made it to the first team of a Premier League side. He played, on average, anywhere between 10 to 15 games a season, all from the bench, during his time there. He also had won the Champions League twice... The Premier League five times, the FA Cup four times, the League Cup twice. So, by the rationale of trophies make players great, why is it when people are putting together their greatest ever Premier League team, Wes Brown isn't like front and centre? Yeah, completely. Because there's literally, even if you looked at the Premier League right now, you could pick 20 central defenders easily that are better than Wes Brown. Wes Brown himself could sit there and probably pick 30 because he's got a little bit more about him and he knows a little bit more what to look for. It's not, And this isn't an attack on Wes Brown, please don't think that it is. It's just he is the example that comes to my mind of when you play in a successful team, you can become trophy-laden. And that trophy ladenness doesn't make you the world's greatest defender, the world's greatest player. It just means you played on a bloody good team. Yeah, of course. Now, Harry Kane, unfortunately, hasn't played in a team that has won a lot of trophies. He's played in some good sides at Tottenham, but not a trophy laden one. And, and we as a club are just not that, unfortunately. It just isn't us. But to, to say that that means that he isn't as good 
it is is horseshit. It is so stupid. Would would you say like if Harry Kane had an extra, if we won the League Cup one of the times we were in the final, a couple of League Cup winners medals, would people go, oh, bloody hell, Kane's good. You know he's got those couple of winners medals. No, they'd say, oh, it's only the League Cup. Mm. If he had the FA Cup winners medal, oh, it's only that. Oh, he's only won the league once, has he? Oh, you know, it, people are always going to be derisory for whatever reason they will and when Kane's retired and years go by people will go god he was good he was brilliant oh he was magic wouldn't he and I'll and I'll listen to that and I'll think you assholes <laughs> but it's what happened I remember as a kid people running Alan Shearer down and then he now he's retired he's he's the the god of all strikers to have ever graced a football pitch according to most but when he played for England and was England captain, he used to get slagged right off. Yeah. But anyway, sorry, what was your number one? My number one, yeah. Um, okay, you ready for this one? Bring it. I love this one. Here we go. Oh, good. The idiots will be comparing him to Jimmy Greaves next. <laughs> the idiots will be comparing him to Jimmy Greaves next. <laughs> now, bear in mind, he's only four goals behind Jimmy Greaves. Is he's... that... I mean, is that actually a joke, though? No, it's, it's you, you read it, it's not a joke. It's, there's no laughing no. emoji at the end or anything. That's someone's genuine opinion. Because <laughs> let's analyse that one, then. So let's analyse the fact that Jimmy Greaves, phenomenal striker. Like, my dad talks about him like he was on another level to mankind. Phenomenal striker. Everything I've ever watched, everything I've ever seen, this guy's movement and everything, it was ahead of its game. And yet, when it came to the 66 World Cup, he was dropped because he didn't make up the best part of the team to go on and win it. So you're talking about, is he comparable to a guy who was dropped? Also comparable to a guy that he is actually only a few goals away from equaling the record. In a different era of football, a very different era of football, where teams don't necessarily smash other teams 13 0 and you get six of the goals yourself as the striker. Mm. I, I'm. Yeah, that, that one's just so dumb. I don't even think we need to talk about it. That's just. <laughs> I, I don't know. Like, you just I look at it. I don't know where to go with that. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I. I mean, I do see comments. I used to enjoy the the um the kind of interaction part of what we did, um, and it was kind of one of the main reasons why I I really I really enjoyed you know uh, doing the page and everything. Now I don't know whether it's just because the Pochettino, you know, the few years under Pochettino where we were just flying high a lot of the time. I, I got into a kind of false sense of security of feeling quite good, or the, the natural feeling around the club being quite good. It's now a level of toxicity where even when we win, it's not a nice place to be. Like, there's not a... There isn't an aspect of Tottenham social media that I enjoy anymore, which which is really sad. Like, the, the Twitter account, I am literally thinking about giving it up. It is so toxic on there now. 
and thanks to the, the wonderful Elon Musk, you know, the level of racism and stuff that's just allowed on that platform again is just eye-wateringly horrible. Can I just um, say, Sam, though, have, like, there, there yeah. is, there was a reason. Yesterday was probably the reason why I'm glad I stuck with Twitter as long as I have. Did you see the uh, exchange between Greta Thunberg and Andrew Tate? Uh, yeah, oh, yeah, legendary. I did, I did. Yeah, I did <laughs> catch that. Yeah, he's just like got complete. Like you know, because I didn't understand what ratioed meant uh, until recently, but yeah. that guy has been ratioed to another level. <laughs> he has. Uh, yeah, he's he's an odd. He's an old bugger. I mean, there, there's so many of them around, but he's another one. Um, I don't know. I, I mean, each to their own. But I, I, their just, own. Yeah. I just, I just, I, I, but back to it. It's just the level of toxicity. Mm. Um, the, the Facebook page. No one rarely see me in the comments now. I mean, I posted um, "Merry Christmas" and the first reply was "Fuck off." Really. Yeah, the first no reply way. was "fuck off." Was that on the Facebook page? Yeah, the the second yeah I Jesus. cleared them, and the second reply was, um, "Go sign some players. I don't give a fuck about Christmas." Oh, one Jesus. one were a fan run page. Like, what what yeah. influence do you think we've got? Yeah. Um, and like like two, just like, are you really that? You know, Christmas Day. This is like eleven a.m. on Christmas Day. You're on Facebook for whatever reason, by the way, where you're posting a picture of kids opening presents, perhaps, and you've seen our post come up. Rather than just hitting like, oh, Merry Christmas, Tottenham fans, or something, or Merry Christmas, my fellow Tottenham fans, you're trying to be a bit jovial, you know, so Santa brings us some wins, ha ha ha. But no, you're, you're, that, you're that angry. You're that kind of wound up. That you you think that that's the way to go? I, I, you know, I've said this before, Sam, and you know I might be completely wide the mark here, and I know it's not always the case. I do understand that, but uh, I think a lot of people, um, like I suggest, a lot of bloke. I mean, mostly blokes that watch watch mm. uh, you know into football. They kind of rely on their club to give them their happiness, you know. Yeah, so worryingly. Yeah, but I think it's true. You know, I see it because I go to obviously I go to a lot of games, and you can see like how people are after us and we lost and stuff. You know, so that they're, they're it's I'm not like most people. You know, there's things that things are pretty shit at the moment, right? With, with everything, with the cost of living crisis, I'm not. You know, I'm not any, but I'm struggling like most people are with everything. You know, so. I get it. Like life, life's shit at the moment, and mm. and I guess when you've got an outlet, when you've got something that's escape, like sp- like being supporting your club or you know being a Spurs supporter, it's escapism. And and in a funny kind of way, I see it with 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 my boy with Seb. Like you know, because I don't think he hasn't got he's not got anything tough. I mean, when you're a kid, you got hardly anything tough going on in your life. You know, yeah. it's just what you're gonna have for dinner and what time you're gonna go to bed. That's what you got to worry yeah. about. But he relies on it a lot, you know. You can see, and then like when we were struggling the first half of the of the game at, at the weekend against Brentford, uh, you could see like, oh, I've had enough now. I've had enough. I've had enough football. I don't want to support Spurs anymore. And then when we come back to score those two goals, he's buzzing, you know. And it's like <laughs> football's the most amazing thing in the world. Yeah. So, but, and and I think yeah, people people rely on it. So when 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 you when you stick the telly on or you go to the game and and we're playing. Like we are in the first half, and we're struggling to a two-all draw. Oh, for Christ's sake! I can't even. This isn't even. You know, getting me. You know, I can't even use this as my escapism. And yeah. I think people are then channeling That's their why anger. That's they're then angry. Yeah. yeah, and then and then you look at the league, and f- f- 
frick's sake, Arsenal um, have won again. They're top of the league. And then all these teams below us, Chelsea have won, Man United have won. They're all catching us up. This is and, it, and and fast forward 10 games, if we win our next 10 games and Arsenal, you know, struggle, Man City and Haaland scores another 20 goals in the next 10 games mm-hmm. and, and Arsenal are third or fourth and we're above them maybe, you don't know. Suddenly, we don't, you don't get it. Because the the, no. the escapism is is brilliant, you know. You can I can yeah. escape to this and I can escape to Spurs. But when 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 we're playing badly or struggling and Arsenal are doing well, I think it's that, that the anger everyone has with everything else going on. They just channel it through this and like you yeah. know we, our page and and I guess all other Spurs pages probably just get the brunt of it. Because whereas well, it is the brunt of it, and it is it is pretty hostile. I mean, like. I, I, I shared in our chat, I mean, I used to just engage a lot, and what I tend to do now is sort of write out what I'd like to reply and then delete it and walk away. Yeah. I mean, someone wrote something the other day, and my reply was going to be, the kids are with their mother this Christmas, are they? Because it's just like, the anger is coming from somewhere, and I just can't believe it's possibly coming from a post about... You know, oh, our fixtures coming up. You know, yeah, <laughs> it's yeah. Like, and and the, the whole idea that it's just everything, everything's a struggle, everything's a fight, and you do kind of question it. It's kind of like you know, why, why is a fan am I, am I kind of doing it? I mean, you jokingly said to said to me and Dan yesterday about you know, well, I really hope we're making a lot of money out of this page. It's like, no, we don't make naff all. I think in the whole time we've had this page, which is longer than I probably want to think about, I think we've made a few hundred quid. And those are the times that we've done stuff and promoted stuff. And and then we kind of got sick of it anyway because the companies were a pain in the ass to deal with. We've yeah. made more out of the podcast, actually. Mm. Thanks to the wonderful people at manscaped.com. <laughs> But yeah, I just, I, I, don't, I just don't. It, it, it's just, it's, it's so disproportionate, isn't it, to mm. what what we're talking about? Why people get so seem to get so angry, like really yeah. angry, and it's like those two, like you say, the two posts that I've meant, you know, we talked about mm. the Harry Kane ones. There's Spurs mm. fans replying to this. No, no, like no, you no, should no, be ha- like, wow, we've yeah. got one of our own. It's broken two more yeah. records. This yeah. is incredible. But instead. Spurs fans, hey, 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 you know? Doesn't make any sense, does it? In in the summer, he's got one year left on his deal. And there is a very, very real possibility that he's going to leave this summer. Very real. I mean, very real because I think he and the club are kind of still not simpatico following what happened before. And I think with one year left on his deal, Daniel Levy is not the kind of person who's going to let him leave for free the no. following year. Um, Man United won him. That's that's you know the 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 rumor mill. The, you know they want a proper striker. Ronaldo's left. This that's who they want. But they know there's no chance in January. Yeah. The only the only issue Man United have got is whether their new owners are in place in time. But if their new owners are making that sign-in is a really good start for any new owners. So that appears to be the one that's on the bubble. You're quite right about how much things can change. Right now, the feeling around the club is Conte's going, Kane's going, Sonny is a shadow of himself, looks like perhaps he needs to go to somewhere to restart his career. 
and you kind of look at all of it and you think maybe maybe it is kind of we as fans need to accept this is not going to work for us and we need to tear it up and start again um which is so painful like it is so so painful i i think think with me i mean like harry kane's been with us for a number of years and yeah. we've been doing this podcast for a number of years not as long as Harry Kane's been at Spurs but no. we've been doing it for a while so we've had plenty of conversations about Harry Kane where mm. we are with him over the years how we yeah. feel about you know uh, uh, if he's going to go stay whatever yeah. I'm, at, I'm at the place now genuinely I'm at the place right and I've been at this place for a while where I would love now to see him run down his contract at Spurs having yeah. broken all records and yeah. just go and win some trophies mate go and sign for Bayern Munich or Real Madrid or, or, or a team that guarantees yeah, you well, trophies thing, thing is, PSG I think he wants to stay in England because I think he is after Shearer's record well, well go and sign for Man City then go and sign for Man City <laughs> part of Haaland up there I, no. I, ju- I just want him to go and win some trophies I want him to retire with trophies and he's not going to get them at Spurs as much as I'd love him to we'd all love him to I mean, unless unless some, unless we have um, an amazing January transfer window, mm. and suddenly just win every game until until um, May June, I, I can't see us doing anything this year either. Mm. And it just seems to be this cycle that goes around year after year. So I don't think he's going to win anything with us. What um what do you think to the Conte situation now? Um, it is no shock to me that Conte has put out to the press that he's closer to leaving than he is staying. That's typical Conte around the transfer window. Yeah. <laughs> um, that's, that, that doesn't surprise me at all. What's, what's your opinion? Because I, I'm, I, I have to be completely honest, I, I kind of flip-flop on this. And what I mean by that is I quite still have that... I'm, very proud that he's our manager I think he is very tactically astute I think his training methods etc are are exemplary I think he's modern I think he is considered rightly an elite manager and I think if he is someone who is backed as proven by every club who have backed him he will win things the one thing you'll remember us talking about when we when we appointed him is there is a joy to that, but then there is a kind of that will mean that we have to change. Like we as a club will have to change because this relationship, like Conte and Levy, feels like you know a real. It's like a fight waiting to happen. <laughs> it's mm. like, and you, I think me and you talked about it like today. It was like really excited, but it just feels like that's never gonna work. Like that's such yeah. a bad, um, such a bad combination. Like Paratici sat between them. Like, please don't fight. <laughs> um, now, when it when it kind of comes down to this window, and and it feels like we say this a lot, but it's it's kind of like last January window they actually made the club made two sign-ins that improved us immeasurably and we went on a run off the back of Kulisevsky and Bentoncourt's energy into the team for me from from a fan's point of view looking at that I find it incredibly difficult to imagine that as owners of the club you cannot see that yourself you know you cannot you must see that by spending that money doing those deals, 
you enabled us to get top four. You know, that was the difference maker. Hell, pundits everywhere are screaming it, you know, like the what the difference maker was. I got friends who were who were gooners who were just like, Yeah, when you made those signings, that was you know, that was the difference and, and they're right. Now fast forward to where we are now, we are struggling. But we're not struggling scoring goals. We're struggling not conceding them. Which for a Conte team, he must be ready to I don't know, jump. I mean he must be losing his damn mind. I'd say tear his hair out, but I think he spent a lot of money to have that put back in. Um, but, like, and he said in a press conference, oh, yeah, I don't need a central defender. And I'm looking at him and I'm thinking, well, you're lying, aren't you? you, you... <laughs> um, <coughs> sorry, I'm choking on that lie. Um, but do you, do you see my, my point of view on that? It's kind of like, if Conte is now towing the company line in press conferences, like, oh, yeah, I don't need a centre-back. Um, what's the other quote you came up with? Uh, the club have made it clear to me their vision on who they're going to sign, and it's going to be a profile of player, you know, to take the club forward into the future and what we can afford, not the players I would choose. You know, he's basically saying he wants to sign someone ready-made at the top of their game at the peak of their form 28 29 years old pay them the top money and they'll come in instantly improve the whole level of the club and he's saying yeah Tottenham aren't doing that that's not what's going to happen he's also then said that Oliver Skip's replaceable which you know makes me very Conte out by the way <laughs> um you know that's, that's whoa 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 you know that's very go kind of yeah, I'm not even going to entertain that. I'm just going to treat that as journalists stirring shit up. I'm, I'm just, I can't face that. That's, that's going to hurt me. Um, but you know, talking about journalists stirring shit up, there must be a, there's got to be an element of uh, Conte not saying that he needs a centre back because if he does, his, if he says he needs one, mm. then suddenly put 15 million pounds well, in every centre tar- back target. I, you know? I, I think, I think there's an aspect as well of he doesn't think he'll get it. He, he has an idea of the level of centre-back he needs. Like, if you look at, um, you know, you look at the players that we were linked with, you know, Bastoni and the, the Croatian lad who plays in Germany who was phenomenal at the World Cup, Fardiol, I think. Those are the two players that Conte wants. And they're 80 to 100 million players, both of them. You know, they are massive, massive signings. Um, he knows the club aren't going to do that for him in January. He probably knows he ain't going to do it for him in the summer as well, yeah, but yeah. he ain't getting that in January, definitely. With that being the case, why would he want to destroy the confidence of the centre-backs he does have on the you know, on, on the script by saying, yeah, I need a new one, because look mm. at the crap I'm working with. Yeah. Um... But yeah, it, it don't it don't get any easier. I mean, I, I, like I said, all of this. What, what's your opinion with Conte? I mean, this isn't a Conte and Conte out debate. That's that's a nonsense. But I'm just kind of like, where's where are you with him at the moment? It's just it's a strange one. I, I, when 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 we first uh, when we first got him at the club, I remember saying to you that God, this guy. We only have to make signings. This guy's going to turn turn all our players world yeah. class, and. I, I feel like he has improved players. Yeah. But not 
but then I guess I guess if you look at, for example, look at Chelsea or Inter Milan, he improves players, but he also gets big signings in. He does. You yeah. know, so there's that comp- he complements both of each other. Whereas with with us, that's not the case. No. I, I wonder sometimes. I don't know if you think this. Honestly, look, Sam, I'm the the least spiritual kind of superstitious kind of person yeah. you'll meet. It's got to be something with our club, honestly. Like, hmm. it, it doesn't. It seems like whatever you do, or maybe he's just leaving. I don't know. But you know, well, we we have made big signings, right? You know, we, it's not yeah. like we've we've spent a lot of money on players, and yet yeah. it doesn't it just never seems to work. It's yeah. like what? Why? It just it's like there's like this missing magical thing that always seems to work at Chelsea or or, or the bigger clubs, but never seems to work with us. No matter Dude. what manager you throw in, what players are bought you know i uh well i i honestly believe right this this is an honest belief that everywhere i've ever worked your the tone of the workplace is set by the people at the top and what i mean by that is like i i've worked in places where the boss is lazy he shows up late every day and you look around the staff are lazy you know the staff are uh, a mirror of that if that makes sense and I've worked in places where the boss arrives an hour earlier than everybody else. He leaves an hour later than everyone else. And everyone else is dedicated. They're they're kind of pulling their way. And it's not because they're being demanded or anything like that. It's because that's the kind of the work ethic that's been kind of brought in and set down. Yeah. I think when you look at the players, when coaches and stuff are there, you see that. Jose, with their fitness, basically trusted them to be grown-ups and to stay fit and would just work with them tactically game to game didn't work the modern player needs to be drilled that's just the way it is and so you could see the fitness levels of the players and everything just slipping away it was atrocious Conte you can see is in their faces with that he's gotten drilled he's gotten playing in into his system and stuff but the way Conte works is that I have my system my way of playing you will fit into that I'm not going to adjust my way because my way works so you will fit into it and if you don't i'll replace you so with from the club point of view you've got two choices you either say to him no antonio that's not how we work here and therefore antonio says well good luck shake hands i'll leave because he is that kind of guy he's made it he's done it before he'll do it again or you buy into it. Now, when you appoint that guy, you knew that. There's no way no one appoints Antonio Conte not knowing it. So you look at the right wing-back situation at the club. Jed Spence, signed by Paratici, the scouting department, very happy with him, not someone that Conte picked out. Left wing-back, Conte was impressed with Sessegnon, but said he wasn't good enough to be his first choice. Got in Perisic, delighted with that, over the moon with that. But on the right side, he had a list of players he wanted, the club never even went for, because they said, well, Doherty, Emerson Royale, neither want to leave the club. We've got no offers for them, you need to make the best of this. And and we've seen this season just what the best of that looks like. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's not good. No. It's not not good. Um, <laughs> eighteen you know, million. How did they say? Do we pay eighteen million for Emerson Royal? I can't it's, like. How? It's still, it's still <laughs> to a level of banter that is is unknown. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so it, it's frustrating. So for me, the issue at the club is actually the owners not caring about winning, 
And what I mean by that is Roman Abramovich at Chelsea cared about winning things. So you could be playing great football, you could be playing crap football, whatever it is going on, but you wanted to win things. And if you didn't, he'd sack you and bring someone else in. And he'd say to that person, right, is this squad good enough? No? Right, tell me what you need. I'll go and buy it. Now, don't get me wrong, he was burning through the wealth of an entire nation. And I know the clubs I'm talking about, you can point that to. But there has to be the person at the top wanting to win things. Man United's another good example. Ferguson ran that club. He ran it. And that bloke was hungry to win things constantly. He would rebuild, reinvent that club over and over. Now, when he went, the Glazers are in charge. The people who are in the management, everything like none of them had that same drive to win things. They were making good money. Yeah. And because of that, Man United have gone from a club that every season would pick up a trophy to now being trophyless in so many years. They've picked up two. It's like it's not them anymore. It's not their identity. They've slipped into where kind of like where we are, which is we've got a great history, but we just don't win things. Um, and, and I genuinely believe it comes from Enoch. It comes from Daniel Levy. You can say, I want to win things million times you have to act on it actions speak louder than words you have to actually push to get there in his head he possibly thinks oh but i have and i have but it is impossible to believe that the amount of players that have come and gone under his tenure the amount of coaches managers that have come and gone under his tenure and yet we still have the same problems at the club it, it has to be something within it. It has to be something larger than how they're coached or anything like that. It has to be a cultural thing at the club that it is not about winning. It is about showing up, you know, giving it your all. Ooh, who's my I gave a hundred percent. Oh, good boy. You know, there has to be a change in that. There has to be a nuclear like change of doing it. Now unfortunately, in my opinion, that will never happen because Daniel Levy, Enoch, the owners of this club, are making great money. They've just got that permission to build that housing estate. That <laughs> They are... Tottenham Hotspur PLC is absolutely raking it in and will continue to do so. The value of the whole club every passing month goes up because of every passing month the stadium debt's being paid down by events and stuff. Now the pandemic's gone, that beautiful plan they had is working. Mm. You know, they 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 put on a boxing match, boom, that's the whole stadium interest payments and everything done for another however long. The the club make over a million in revenue every time something's there just from drink sales and stuff. The the, the stadium is phenomenal and should allow the football club to really kick on. But we're, we're not seeing it, not yet. I mean, the, the Kulisevsky, uh, Bentancur signings, Kulisevsky was an initial loan. Bentancur was 18 million, I think. They're, they were phenomenal. Really helped us, really kicked us on. But they are not investment signings of a level where you look at it and go, wow, we mean business. Yeah. They were important, and I'd love to see us do the same again. But you want to talk about this club meaning business this club this club goes and signs Vardial 80 million 
they go to Leipzig and just say, I know you don't want to let him go in January, but we're willing to pay this. Here's a guy called Davidson Sanchez you can have as well. You know, by the way, ignore Emerson Royale. He's coming with him, but he, <laughs> he's you want him, trust me. He's, he's a, a freebie. freebie. <laughs> but, but you see what I mean? Like, be serious. Go and act like a yeah, big club. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we've the window's not opened yet. Liverpool have announced the sign-in. Chelsea have announced two. Man United are going to announce one today. Man City have just said we don't need to sign anyone. And bastards, they're right. Um, <laughs> Arsenal are close to a deal for a striker. Because they're trying to strengthen from a position of strength, which is what you should do. It's um, it's a it's, very very frustrating time. And it's a okay. better explanation, Sam, than my mystical forces explanation. Anyway, so appreciate that. To, to be honest with you, the mystical forces thing could just as be accurate. Perhaps the stadium's <laughs> on some sort of weird ley line. Um, but no, genuinely, it feels like that has to be it. And it feels like when people are talking about Levy out and stuff like that, it's less about, oh, they've done nothing for the club. Because that's that's a lie. They've done loads for this club. But it's more just a case of we are stuck in a kind of pattern that is just repeating itself. And if changing coaches constantly doesn't break the pattern, if buying players, changing the squad doesn't break the pattern, then something has to. Yeah. What can that be? Um, and that's that's kind of where I am at the moment mentally. Yeah, anyway, there we go. That is the Spurs news for the final one of 2022. Just before we sign off, I did promise everyone I'd do this. Do you remember we made predictions at the start of the season? Okay. And I said I'd, I'd read them out at the, like the midway point or whatever. <laughs> so at the start of the season, uh, everyone involved is Spurs news, uh, including Stefan Stefan, made a prediction of where we would finish in the league. And who would be our club top goal scorer? Uh, so Stefan Stefan, who by the way has welcomed his first child, his daughter, into the world called Tiana. Oh. So welcome to the world, and she is already a Spurs fan thanks to various <laughs> gifts from me. Uh, Stefan predicted third in the league, and Harry Kane our club top goal scorer. That's still possible, I think. Yep. Yep. Uh, Dan said the same. Laura said third in the league, but Sonny, the top goal scorer. It's not looking good. Do you remember what you said? No, go on, hit me. Me and you said exactly the same. Okay. We both went with Kane being the top goal scorer for us this season. Yep. We both said we'd finish second. Yeah. It's, shit, look, you never shit know. Needs to, shit yeah, needs to improve. Shit needs to change. <laughs> yeah, shit needs to improve because I want to finish the season second to Man City. All right? Uh, I've given up on the title race. I want to finish the season second to Man City. Yep. I want to look at Erlen Haaland and go, wow, I never thought I'd see a, spli- a striker score 50 league goals in their debut season. Which I mean, I thought it was 50 league goals before yeah. March, I thought you was going to yeah, say. And, it? And, and, and 10 of them against Arsenal in that one <laughs> game where they destroyed oh. their title hopes. Please, mate. Please, yeah. I just like the only. The, I saw someone tweet the other day. Our only hope of Arsenal not winning the league title this season is one of these two men severely upping their game, and it was a picture of Haaland and a picture of Putin. <laughs> oh my god! I'll take Haaland. Thanks very much. Yeah, please. Yes, please. Yeah, I don't much fancy being conscripted. I've got a bag leg and a hip. My hip in the cold it hurts. 
<laughs> anyway, uh, I want to say a massive thank you to everybody for listening throughout 2022. Um, we've had as much fun as one possibly can have when we're talking about Tottenham on a regular basis. The club continue to frustrate and excite in equal measure. Um, genuinely do feel like I should just give up on watching first halves. Um, <laughs> But yeah, I hope you've all enjoyed it. Thank you so much. Thank you as well for all the lovely feedback at the Christmas special. That was a good laugh to do as always. Uh, we will be back very soon to talk more things all Tottenham. Until then, you all take care. Take care, mate. Thank you for listening to the Spurs News Podcast. We hope that you enjoyed the show. Stay up to date with all things Tottenham. Follow us on social media. All links are in the podcast description.